back for a family reunion. Hey, bro, how you doing? <laughs> yeah, it's great. We don't get to see each other very often. We were separated at birth. And uh, I'm actually a twin. I really am. I have a twin sister. And uh, we were probably triplets that were separated at birth. And we were the bad ones, and he was the good one. He got sent off to the Cape. So he got a, yeah, it's great. So it's great to be here with you folks and to share this time together. It's, it's a delight, always a delight. I have a question for you. It's this. Are you ready? That was a line from a British Airways commercial several years ago, talking about preparation, preparation to fly. Uh, but preparation, as you know, is a key to life. Uh, we prepare in all kinds of ways, don't we? We prepare uh, our lunch in order to eat it. We like to eat. We prepare our, um, our, our trips, you know, in order to go on a trip. That's what we would do. We get our, our, our trips together in order to travel well. We prepare for exams in order to take them, in fact, in order to pass them. We prepare ourselves to go to a, a symphony or a concert. And uh, when you go to a symphony in, or a concert, you know that when you prepare yourself to go to the concert, you uh, don't take your uh, iPhone or your tablet and play with it. You don't put on other earphones and listen to something else while you're at the concert. No, you sit and listen to the concert. That's what you do. You sit in the seat and you listen. The question that I have for you this morning is, is how do you prepare to listen to a sermon? Are you ready to listen? Do you come and sit under the inscripturated word that is the Bible, and are you ready to listen? Are you ready? Because that's the question. That's the question that James bumps into in the text we're looking at today. That is, are we ready to listen to what God has to say to us through his word? James is trying to deal with his readers as they listen to each other and listen to God's word. And, and how that listening actually changes their lives. The, the text is found in James chapter 1. It's James chapter 1. Verses 19 to 27. If you turn to that text, James 1, 19 to 27, look for, as I read the text, what is James telling his readers about what it means to listen to each other and listen to God's Word? What's this, what's he getting at here as he encourages his readers to listen to each other and listen to God's word. Because it's something that he is saying makes a difference in one's life. And so turn with me to James 1, and I'll begin with the verse number 19. My dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. For man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent 
and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. If anyone considers himself religious and yet does not keep a tight rein on his tongue, he deceives himself and his religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this to look after orphans and widows in their distress, and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. What do you think James is getting at here as he writes to these Christians that are scattered all over the place because of the persecution that they were facing? What's he, what's he telling them? Well, certainly one of the things that he says is that we are to prepare ourselves to listen. Uh, preparing oneself to listen is an important consideration for these folks and to listen in all kinds of ways listening to each other and certainly listening to God even in the passage that is immediately preceding this what James is saying is that when people hear the word of God that's when they are converted. That's when their lives are changed. So it's in the hearing of the word that people's lives are changed. And then he says to them, here's the thing to, to be aware of. Take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Why, he says. Anger gets in the way of our ability to hear God's word. He's telling these believers that the anger that might be stirred up in them between each other will prevent them from being able to hear each other and to hear what God has to tell them through his word. Anger gets in the way of one's ability to hear God's word. And, and he's, he's talking to believers here. Do you notice in, in verse 21, he says that this is something that has been planted in you. This word's been planted in you. So he's not talking to non-believers. What he's doing is talking to believers and saying to them, this is how you are to conduct yourself because only when you are humble toward each other and toward God are you able to hear each other and hear his word because that word has been planted in you but if we're honest with each other preparing to listen takes work it's not something that comes naturally to us it is something that that we uh, are, are are pushed to consider how can we prepare ourselves to listen Certainly here, one of the ways in which we prepare ourselves to listen is to make sure that there are no roadblocks between each other so that we can hear each other and that we can hear God's Word. So it's something that uh, James is saying to them, but it's, is a, it's a principle that's trans 
refer to us. To be able to, to make sure that there are no roadblocks that prevent us from hearing each other and hearing God's word. Another way in which we are preparing ourselves to listen is, is, is even getting a good night's rest before worship. Now, last night was tough, let me tell you. It was a tough one. Uh, with the clock and all, I don't know if they did that, any of that daylight saving time kind of thing in James's day. I doubt it. Uh, but it's, it's that preparing ourselves in such a way that when we're, we're at worship, we are attentive in worship. That we are able then to, to hear God's word. And, and another way in which we do this is when we're having our own time in, in the Word as uh, our devotions or whatever, that we are praying that God would speak to us in His Word and that that Word would be drilled down into us so that we can connect with other people. But also to pray even the night before uh, we come to worship on a Saturday night. Ask God, prepare me and prepare us as we all gather together to worship. Lord, prepare us to be able to listen. And, and even before the service, as the worship team is up playing the music, as we sit and listen to that music, to prepare our own selves to hear this word so that it can come and do its work in us that God wants to do in us. Because it's not always that easy to prepare ourselves to listen. I mean, think about it. It's hard to live life because we are often so very distracted. There are cell phones and tablets and worries and conversations and there are assignments and jobs and all this. And so as we sit, even as we gather in worship, all of these things are swirling around our heads. It's hard for us to be able to focus because our attention is pulled in all kinds of directions. And it's hard for us to listen because there are all these other voices that are speaking into our minds and into our heads and into our hearts. It's hard to listen. Uh, James Roberts, a professor at Baylor University, recently wrote a book called uh, Are You Addicted to Your Smartphone? Uh, it, it, it's, it raises the question, it's, 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 I think the title is Too Much of a Good Thing, Are You Addicted to Your Smartphone? And, and he raises in this book the question of uh, the matter of attention. Uh, that is, are we uh, drawn to our cell phone so much that even today I'd say to you, um, if, if your cell phone vibrates, ignore it. If the, if the tablet beckons, don't, don't pay any attention to it. Because one of the things that uh, Roberts is saying is that sometimes we think we're pretty important. And that people need to get in touch with us right away. Now, some of us grew up before cell phones even came onto the scene. And you know what? We weren't that important, and that's okay. Uh, it, it's, it's, but now there's this, this craving. Uh, there's a, a study in his book that he talks about how many times people check their cell phone. Did I get a, did I get, did I get a text? Uh, did I get an email? Uh, we, we have a sense where we, we, we think that we're more important than we actually are. Let me tell you, I'm not that important. 
and uh, I recognize, along with you, my need to turn away from these kinds of things that distract me from hearing, from listening. That's what James is telling us here, that we are to prepare ourselves to listen, to, to get ourselves ready, nestled into what it means to listen. So if we do prepare ourselves to listen, if we get ourselves into a spot where we're able to listen and to listen well, what does that look like? That is, what happens when we position ourselves to listen? Or, or what is even next for us as we position ourselves to listen? Because as James says here, get rid of all moral filth. Get rid of the stuff that gets in the way of us being able to hear God's word as we relate to each other and as we relate to God. What, what is it that, that's, that's next? Well, the text tells us that we are to do what the Word says. James is very clear here about what we do in terms of preparing to hear God's Word, and then once we hear God's Word, then something happens. Something is to take place in us and uh, eventually through us. Because he's saying, don't Verse 22, do not merely listen to the word. Don't merely listen to the word and so deceive ourselves. That is, uh, the, this listening can, can bypass us. This listening can uh, breeze right by us because, well, one, we haven't prepared ourselves, but also we haven't taken it seriously. Uh, James here gives an illustration. And it's an illustration of a um, um, man who goes to the mirror and looks at himself in the mirror and uh, and as he looks at himself in the mirror he he turns away and he says that when he turns away he's forgotten what he looks like now how could you forget this huh huh paul <laughs> uh, uh, <coughs> but what he's saying here is an illustration it's a mixed what's called a mixed metaphor here. He's using a, a, a mirror as somebody looking at the mirror, but he's saying this is what a person is like who, he says, hears the word and forgets what he saw, forgets what he heard. So it's almost what we could say like listening Alzheimer's. It's, it's that type of thing. We, we hear things. You hear it at worship uh, weekly. You hear it in, in, as you uh, read your word throughout the week. But we forget, he says, the people forget what the person says. And, and so what he's, he's getting at here is the, the importance of not forgetting what one has heard uh, not forgetting what what was heard the illustration is poignant here the illustration is one that we've done that we've we've looked at ourselves well maybe we haven't looked at ourselves in the mirror but we heard something and then we've forgotten it what did the preacher say i don't know <laughs> i don't know something about prayer i don't know uh, we, we we don't necessarily engage with it because part of it is that we haven't all haven't prepared ourselves to listen 
But James is saying that we are to do what the Word says. In fact, the key verse, really, to, to James's uh, entire uh, letter is, is the verse that says, um, do not merely listen to the Word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. It's, it's almost like following instructions. Uh, James has given some instructions here, and then his readers are to follow them. We have been given instructions here, and then we are told to follow them. But do you know, following instructions can be, can be a challenge. You go to the store, and you get a new television or some gadget, and you bring it home, and you unpack it, and you pull out the instructions, and you, you look at them, and... Oh, yeah. Sometimes they're, they're, they're tedious, complicated. Uh, I, my Honda manual is like a long, tedious novel. I could never repair my Honda. I have no idea what, what, what it's about. It's this, this challenge of being able to follow the instructions and to follow the instructions well. Uh, the question for us is, how, how good are we, how good are you at following instructions? How good am I? at following instructions. One of the problems that we face when we look at uh, instructions is that sometimes we think we know more than the instructions. So you, you bring home your, your gadget or maybe a new bookcase or something that you're going to put together and you wonder why all these pieces are left over after you've constructed your bookcase. They're still there on the floor and you don't know why they're there. Well, I, I, did you read the instructions? No, <laughs> I didn't read the instructions. What do I need to read the instructions for? It's put together. Oh, really? And, and sometimes what happens is that we look at the Christian life like that. We uh, look at the Bible and say, oh, the Bible, yeah, oh, I know what that's all about. <laughs> Be good, whatever. And we have these preconceived ideas of what the instructions really are. And so we ignore them. I know what the Bible says. Oh, 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 really? We struggle with this, don't we? It's not easy for us, is it? Because we are told to, to, to prepare ourselves to listen. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, no, no. I, I got it, okay? I got it. And then we are told that we are to do what the Word says. Okay, I got it. That's a little bit more of a challenge, isn't it? To, to prepare ourselves to listen is a challenge, but then to put it into practice, to apply it, is not always that easy. But that's what James is encouraging us to consider. It's, he's encouraging his readers in that very first century and here in this 21st century that we are to prepare ourselves to listen and we are to do what the Word says. Okay, fair enough. So if we prepare ourselves to listen and we do what the Word says, like we might have needed to deal with a relationship so that we can hear God's Word. We, we might want, want to be able to, to uh, uh, pray for 
us and others as we uh, come to gather for worship on a Sunday morning. Okay, yeah. If we prepare ourselves to get ready to, to listen and we do what it, the Word says, then the question here for us as we wrestle with this text is, what's the result of this? That is, what happens when one prepares oneself to listen, when uh, one um, uh, does what the Word says? What happens here? Well, the text shows us this. This is really what happens. This is, this is what happens in our lives when we prepare ourselves to listen and do what the Word says. It's this. Listening lets loose our lives. There's something that takes place here in us that is transformative. There's something that takes place in us that, that makes a difference. That listening lets loose our lives. James says here, that in verse 25, but the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do that, not forgetting what he has heard and doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. There's, there's, there's a sense of freedom and a sense of blessing that takes place. Now, freedom, we get our brains wrapped around. Freedom, freedom, yeah, freedom. There's a sense where there's this, but blessing, it sounds so, well, we're in we're in church together. And blessing sounds like a strange word for us. We don't generally uh, use that word outside maybe these walls. Maybe in your house. I was blessed. But what does that mean? Well, remember, James is talking here about the relationship with each other and the relationship with God. I had a Hebrew uh, colleague, uh, uh, Called you taught Hebrew, and, and, and the word there for blessing, it means a vertical, he's called it a vertical verb, that it's a vertical relationship, and when you have a good vertical relationship, then you can have a good horizontal relationship. And there's a sense here, what James is getting at is he's constantly reminding them of the relationship that they have with God and the relationship that they have with each other. Reminding them again and again of this. And, and it is this not forgetting what one has heard that one becomes free and one is blessed. That is, God is doing His work through us, with each other and in relationship with Him. James gives an illustration here of what it means practically as far as uh, the person's relationship with God and what that looks like in one's relationship with others. He says in verse 26, if anyone considers himself religious and yet does not keep a tight rein on his tongue, you see that? He does not keep a tight rein on his tongue. He deceives himself and his religion is worthless. Uh, the, the tongue is very important. And, and he's using a, a word here uh, and, and the word is alluded here to is rain. It's talking about a horse. You know how uh, riding a horse and the reins control where the horse is going. Uh, James is saying that one has the responsibility to control the reins of his or her tongue. So he's saying there are three things in which this uh, is acted out in uh, one's Speak, talking about the tongue, holding uh, the relation to the tongue, and then uh, um, uh, 
taking care of, 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 of um, orphans and widows and, polluting, and not polluting oneself from the world. This is how one does this. The, when you are able to have this relationship with each other, the relationship with God, it shows itself in how you conduct yourself and how you live your life in reaching out to others. Now, here in, 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 in this text where, where James is talking about um, widows and orphans, this was a time in, uh, his, uh, when he wrote this when uh, there were no social service agencies. The church was the social service agency. And the church took care of widows and orphans. Financially, relationally, even spiritually, emotionally. It raises questions for us. And how, how do we deal with uh, people who are uh, widows, orphans? Um, how do we deal with our tongue? How do we deal with that? James is saying this is an important thing for us to think about. That this is what this looks like in life. Listening lets loose our lives. Our lives are free because of the way in which we conduct our lives. In relationship to each other, in relationship with God. And that's something that we all want, isn't it? That is, we want to be able to listen so that listening will let loose our lives. I remember when I was a, a high school kid, I come from a non-Christian home. I don't know where Paul comes from, but I come from a non-Christian home. And um, I, I was brought into the church, a sweet country Baptist church in western Pennsylvania. That's where I come from. And um, this church took me in and, and nurtured me. And uh, I was converted about age 14. And uh, we, our pastor left and we got an interim pastor, and he was a professor at a local Christian school. And uh, he came and he put on the back of the uh, sanctuary uh, on a table a stack of, of articles. It was an article that he wrote, and it was called A Memo to My Congregation, How to Listen to a Sermon. And this was over 40 years ago that he came, but I'll never forget what Dr. Farah was saying. He said in that memo that listening helps the listener. <laughs> That's amazing, isn't it? And second, he said that listening helps other listeners. It spreads so that if you're engaged, other people are engaged. And, he says, listening helps the preacher. What he's basically saying in the memo is listening lets loose our lives. And it is something that, that James is trying to cultivate in us because it's something that we really want to do. But you and I both know that this listening and, and letting loose our lives is not necessarily something that's the easiest thing to do. I mean, we come every week, don't we? And hear a sermon. Here's some teaching. We go to Bible studies. We go to conferences. We, we, we attend uh, workshops and we just get all kinds of stuff and we become almost spiritually tubby. Uh, we get all kinds of information. We have a lot of information up here. But it's tough to get that information that's up here to go to our hands or to our feet. 
There's not a whole lot of difference between our head and our feet and our head and our hands, but still, it's something that is not always that easy for us to do because we would rather uh, think about it. Hmm. And we often find that it's difficult to apply it. James is saying that this is something that we don't want to forget, nor is it that we don't want to forget to apply it to our lives. It it really talks about the responsibility that we all have about listening. So that we do listen, then we apply it, we do something about it, it's going to let loose our lives. We're going to have freedom. We're going to bless other people. Listening lets loose our lives. I've been teaching now at Gordon Cornball, Gordon Conwell, for about uh, 26 years, over 25 years now. And I've had hundreds of students in my classes. Uh, they've heard me lecture, they've heard me uh, teach and uh, talk and um, drone on uh, in front of them about preaching and what that is all about. They've taken exams and They've done uh, uh, sample sermon listening. They've also done sermons themselves standing in front of uh, the class. So I, I've seen, seen it all. And, and one of the things that I've, I've seen is that I give the students instruction, and then guess what? They do what I ask them to do. It has high power, okay. Uh, it, it, they actually do what I, I ask them to do. And it's, of course, something that I would expect them to do. Because they're in their class, in my class. And they're paying for it. They're paying me. It's amazing. They pay me, but I tell them what to do. Anyway, so, uh, but what I, I discovered is that, that uh, I have them do the assignment, and then in doing the assignment, they do it for the grade. Now, that's, ex- of course, you'd expect folks to, to do it for Uh, do the assignment, but often the motivation for the student is the grade. One of the most discouraging, disappointing, frustrating aspects of my uh, job is uh, sometimes what I do is I, I go to the internet and I go to one of my students who's now in a pastorate and I listen to some sermons. And what is often disappointing to me is that the student doesn't do, now the graduate, doesn't do what I had taught him to do. The sermons are sometimes unclear. They don't make sense. They're not based on the text. I I think, what is going on? Then I realize, yeah, He listened to the instructions, but he did it for the grade. And now what's happening is he's failing his congregation by not dealing with the text and and presenting it in a clear, engaging way. And I don't know what to do with that. I I can't crawl through the internet and, and come out of the speakers and... Ooh, on a Sunday morning. I can't do that. 
But one of the things that we know for ourselves is that we don't want to fail life. We don't want to fail what God has instructed us to do in our lives, even though it may be tough. The Christian life isn't easy. If you have that preconceived notion, let me destroy it right now, because it's not easy. But it's made, life is made better because of what we have in Jesus Christ. It's made incredibly better. But we don't want to fail life. We don't want to fail the instructions from the Scriptures. We want more than that. We want to do it well. And that's what James is trying to encourage his readers and us to grapple with. That listening lets loose our lives. The question for us is, can we do it? Can, can we do it? Yeah, you can. Will you do it? Oh, I'm sure you will. How can you do it? By asking Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit to help you to apply even this word today so that your life can be turned around in terms of what it means to listen. Not just listen to sermons, but to listen to God's word as you read it every day. And that it makes a difference in your life. That it is applicational. That there is volition in your acting on it. That is, you prepare yourself to listen. And, and, and you are to do then what the Word says. Preparing yourself to listen, doing what the Word says, and you recognize that uh, listening will let loose your life. And when that happens, when that happens, not only will you be transformed, not only will you be free and blessed, but you're going to see that take place in your engagement with other people as well. Because you have a new perspective on what it means to engage with God's Word. It's a listening and doing. That key verse to James. Because, brothers and sisters, listening lets loose our lives. Will you pray with me, please?